Hey listeners, welcome to Gather to Brew, the podcast where two friends talk about our two favorite things ever, fish and beer. Fish and beer. I am the Lizza. And I'm the kid. Why'd you make us come in on such a shitty fucking song? Let's save it for the segment. We're in the fish segment. What the fuck is with that song? <laughs> okay, I like, I mean, no, I don't like Mercury. It's really a repetitive song. But um, that version's really fucking sloppy. What's up with that? Every time they play it, it's like that. Yeah? Yeah, I just think it's an incredibly, uh, it's like an earworm song for me. This is, this is supposed to be later in the show. Discuss, what? Discussing what new songs are coming around to. Okay, cool. Let's let's. I'll save it. We'll for save that. it. We'll yeah, save I'll, it. I'll, so you can give me a new asshole. I was then. gonna say I'll I'll save you from your self. I guess. Yeah, dog. All right. Well, so, uh, I don't think we um, recorded to market a episode where we talked about summer tour. Summer tour is officially over. Summer obviously, tour, yeah. we're in the you know almost end of September. We're gearing up for fall tour, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think we had a two air episode where we talked about like the culmination of summer tour. What do you mean? So by culmin- what? Yeah, just like all of it. Like, what were your favorite shows? What have you been listening to from summer tour? Like, oh, are okay. you still listening to stuff from summer tour? It's the only thing I'm listening to right now, for sure. Okay. Um, I think Alfreda. Yeah, I think that's indisputable. Is Alpharetta was like the Alpharetta. best run of shows, I think. And uh, North Carolina. Cool. Cool, 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 um, cool. People keep talking about dicks. Like, it's super fucking good. Uh, Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday are really good. I thought Sunday was balls. Uh, I, I thought that entire run of shows was also amazing. That Mercury song that we came in on was from dicks. I think they definitely felt like they had something to prove after uh, Curveball getting canceled. So I think they came out and kind of did... Yeah. They did what they normally do, play like super tight songs, but I think that they also did a lot of cool kind of powerhouse things. Dix is when they went into that ama- that from that amazing ghost into Cross-Eyed. I still think that's like one of the best fish moments that I've experienced yet as a fan. Yeah. That was, I think, like night one. Yeah, we missed it. We were at a movie. <laughs> we yeah. simulcast it after the fact. Yeah. Um. What's this website that you've stumbled upon? Because when you sent me the link, it didn't work. Oh, fishshows.com? Is that what it is? So I I was looking for I I want to do an episode where we actually talk about a baker's dozen. Yeah. Um. Like we, super we've insinuated it to a, a bunch of times. I keep. Oh, talking. Have we even done anything? We talked about it when we were do- going. We we've talked about it, but we haven't done like an episode on it. Um. Okay. Cool. So cool. Th- so how this happened is uh I was looking for um all thirteen nights and uh I posted on uh for the love of fish. Like, hey, does anybody have the SBDs? And the guy was like, I don't, uh, this one guy was like, I don't have SBDs, but check this website out. And what it is is that when the fans, uh, the 1.0 fans, let's call them, uh, would go to shows, the way that they would trade the shows, obviously, is they would set up rigs with microphones on them and they were allowed to record the shows. This was something that uh, was leftover culture from the dead. So you have these guys who kind of show up with field recorders and a bunch of microphones and a mic stand and they'll throw up like three microphones on a mic stand, try to get as close to the soundboard as possible where the mix is best and they just record the shows. They're just like fans or they're like press? They're they're fans, but they're allowed to do this. This is 100%. Who's giving allowed. them approval? Uh, fish themselves. They're okay with people doing uh. So, But you um, can't just be some Joe Schmo bringing in a field recorder. No, you can. Anyone can bring in recording devices to fish. Uh, depending on the place sure. where they play. Say, I was going to say, it depends on the venue, I'm sure. Yeah. But 
Most uh, so what this um, what this website is is the uh, compilation of all those files. So it's every show from '83 until now that's a fan recording or some version of. Wow. Um, what's interesting is when you go into the metadata of the tracks, yeah. um, and you, you you could do that by like taking it into iTunes. You hit um, Apple I, which gives you the information on the track. When you go to the comment section, it'll show you what equipment they used to record the show. Which for yeah, me yeah. as an audio nerd is like, oh look, they used like a Zoom field recorder with like these type of condenser microphones. That's really cool. Like sometimes people say it at the end of recordings, like this has been blah 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 blah. We're it blah 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 blah. What's really funny is they that they say uh, it to audibly record it to document it. Obviously, because uh, it's just rando people posting this on this website. Some of the album covers are like pictures of the stage. One of them is like a guy who's notorious for doing this. So he like made a character of himself as like Mickey Mouse, like a Mickey Mouse head type thing. It's weird. It's like, but are there different, are there several recordings for the same show? No. There's one for each show. Uh-huh. And how did, how did that become the one? I don't, I don't know. Now you're asking. I just are they all good website. quality? Um, so that's the thing. Some of them are not. <laughs> well, it's not that they're bad quality. It's just, if you're enjoying enjoying this show and not like you don't have like headphones on the entire time, you're not monitoring the audio. So there are times where the it, it's clipping, so you get distortion and stuff just because it gets a little too loud. It's very minor, and only an audio nerd like me would notice. I would say the so average you would person, say they're generally good recordings. Yeah, the average huh. person wouldn't uh, wouldn't realize. Fascinating. And did you do this because you don't, can't use Fish OD on your phone anymore? I upgraded. Uh, so Fish OD stopped working for me for a while. And uh, basically when I click on tracks, it says buffering forever and like nothing happens. And when you go to the forums about it, because of course there's forums where people can complain about Fish OD and it's many intricate workings. Yeah, it's actually within the app. If you hit like, if you go to settings and then you go to like... um uh, there's like a help section. The help section immediately forwards you to the forums where people are talking about things that aren't working. So it's a known issue for them. But what made it worse is that I just upgraded to the new iPhone. And when I did and went to iOS 12, it's the iOS, um, yeah. Fish OD now just crashes. You open it, it immediately crashes. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's not ideal, I guess. Still works but. on my phone. Is that because I have an old iOS? Uh, yeah. The second you go to 12, I would imagine it's going to stop working. Maybe it won't. Maybe it's just me. Maybe my phone is like, fuck you, Fish OD. Um, I have no problem with it. I have only ever used Fish OD. I've been a Fish fan since 2014. The only way I listen to music is on my iPhone with Fish OD. It's the only way I've ever done it. Yeah. That's what I don't even know. Like, Fish.in, I know, but I don't go to it. Fish.in is what powers Fish OD. Yeah, exactly. But like how often, I mean, you are in a field where you're constantly walking in in and around <laughs> places in the city. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm constantly walking around all day. You, you're not going to walk around with a fucking laptop and yeah, be yeah, exactly. on fish.in. Like exactly. fish OD makes sense for you. Correct. Um, for me where, you know, I have a desk job and... Uh, yeah, you can stay stationary. If I'm not listening to fish.in, I'm listening to uh, Just Jams, the fish Just Jams. Um. Which is also super interesting. I think like listening to a song and just like skipping through all the bullshit and just going right to the jam can be both very interesting I, and very weird. Yeah, I don't like that at all. So I tried to listen to a few and I think it's absolute bullshit. And the whole point of Fish is like the arcs and the buildups of the songs and the tension. And you can't just skip to the jams. You won't appreciate them as much if there's no context, I feel like. No, I disagree. I think it's great. I love it. Uh, what's interesting You're a is musician. When, when, so that's what I was going to say. When, when I start letting it play... 
I obviously go in and I can say, okay, I want to listen to this just jam part. Yeah. And um, I'll listen to it. You know, maybe the jam's only like eight minutes long. So then it'll just forward to the next track. And they're not in any specific order. It's just like stuff is just there. Um, I think it's based on like how much it's listened to. And it kind of starts floating to the top. So you start hitting these jams where you're like you're saying there's no content uh, context. So you're just like, fuck, what song is this? Oh, man. So it starts becoming like a game with yourself where you're just like, can I figure out what this is based on just the jam? Which they do. How good already. are you at it? How good are you at it? Uh, it depends. Honestly, like sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's just out of the fucking park. It's already in the spacey part of the jam or like. The yeah, jam so it's is hard spacey, to tell. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. J3PO does this thing, I think it's on fish.net, where it's like every day, it's kind of like a Sudoku puzzle, but they release like, guess this show, and they give you like a quick little sound bite. It's, no, it's Mystery Mondays. Mystery Mondays, yeah. yeah. It's on fish.com. Yeah. Fish.net. Fish.net. Fish. Fish. Yeah, fish. yeah, Mystery yeah. Mondays, yeah. Yeah. I can't do that shit. I've never tried. I, I'm not like- I bet I can get a couple. I'm not attentive enough. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I'm a musician and I can pick shit apart, but like, I'm not attentive enough to like- I haven't gone down that rabbit hole with fish and I don't think I ever will. Like J3PO can tell you like you can start. It's a fun game that we play when we, you know, he's got a backyard in Brooklyn, which is unheard of. So we go over to his place a lot. And we hang out and we'll throw something on this, the, the, the Bluetooth speaker and he'll just slowly start dissecting like when it's from and like. Yeah, that's like, diving really deep. Yeah. He could be on like a beach Shazam type show as long as it was just fish. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, it's funny though and interesting. I mean, he's yeah. he's been in a fish since he was a teenager though. So I yeah. Also that, think so that's always what, that's what I'm saying. You always have to put that into perspective. Like he's been listening to fish for as long as they've been a band, so he can always go back and recount a time in his life when he was hearing a certain song or when he knew that was a new song or when he always has a, a time frame for it. You know, we're talking about this, and I can picture him in my head immediately when he starts breaking songs down. He can be like, oh, is that like pre-Baby Grand, or is that post-Baby Grand? Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. That's what oh, he does. Like, the, the, like, keyboards are a huge giveaway for him. Like, Mike's bass, I feel like, is too... Like, he's if just... If you're watching videos, it's where they're set up as well. You can yeah. tell different versions of pointos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I think I'm gonna say right now, I declare that the Alpharetta run was I think the best... I think it's very un- undisputed that that was the best See, round of you shows. Can't, you're already fucking this up. Are you talking about a single show? Or are you no, talking the, about the, an entire the, run? The, where they played shows. But that's not fair because North Carolina was a one-off and I think North Carolina was better than all of Alfreda. Well, that's, that's your not opinion. a run. Well, that's your opinion. Okay, <laughs> I could still find one single show within the three Alpharetta run, which was probably Trump yours. But anyway, moving on to fall tour. That's starting up very, very soon. Less than a month. The first stop is back in New York, Albany. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're going, right? I'm not going. I'll be going to the Wednesday night show. It's Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, so I'll be going to the Wednesday night show. That's cool. And then the big in that we're both going to. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about this yet. It's like Vegas. It's, it's, it's been such a dream Vegas. of mine to go to Halloween Vegas since I've been into the band since 2010. Um, and I'm, I've missed two Halloween Vegases so far. Um, someone kind enough from... Uh, from for the love of fish her name's tamara uh kind of hit hit me yeah hit me up the other day and was just like a bunch of tickets just fell into my lap do you mind if i post them on the group and i was like oh wait wait wait. before you do that (laughs) let me take a look at these tickets and it was like my eyes opened probably the widest they've ever been and i saw the halloween tickets and i was just like yeah it's time it's time to make this happen 
Awesome. Um, Any speculations as to what you think they're going to cover? I don't give a fuck because when I saw them in Atlantic City for playing for Halloween, they covered themselves and they played Fuego. So I don't give up. So fuck. anything is going to be better than what you've already seen. Yeah, that's where you're coming from. Yeah, I want them to cover Prince. We had a, we had a slight a you slight sidebar so the other times. day. Yeah, and you tried to they could never cover Prince. They just they vocally will never do it. I don't. Give they a vocally shit. cannot do it. I don't care. Like the music's funky and it's cool. If they pick the song, like if they pick the album right, I think they could fucking make me happy. It's usually some sort of like tribute or something. Like they did Bowie last year. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull. Yeah, because uh, but that's what I'm saying. Bowie, yeah, Bowie and Prince died. died right after each other. So that's like it's always some sort of like tribute or like monumental thing. Or they could do another like scary, hairy, whatever Disney thing where they just compose new music. I'm hoping it's something. I am hoping it's something new. Because those things are most interesting to me. If they just simply cover another artist's album, I'd be like, yeah, this was cool. But I think it's way cooler when they do original stuff. I'm going to be like you and J3PO when you start nerding out. I don't care. What is whatever Fish wants to play. I'll listen to whatever they want to play. <laughs> Did you Have you posted this on For the Love of Fish yet? The speculation, speculative question? No. I don't want to speculate about it. Like I honestly, I want to. I want to be surprised. Yeah, and that's cool. And we can (laughs) have a short conversation about it. But I don't want to think about it. I I don't want to constantly see people weigh in. I don't want to be in the moment and someone happened to pull a rabbit out of their ass and call it right, and then be like, "Fuck!" Someone said that already. Like I want to be surprised. This is like it's going to be a surprise either way. No, I have a new rule with movies. Right? If I want to see a movie, and you're doing the same shit. uh, I only ever see the teaser trailer. I don't see any other trailers anymore, and it's dramatically changed how I watch movies. And it's made me like stay excited. Like I'm excited in my seat while the movie's going on. That's how I want to be with this Halloween Fish show. I want to go in knowing nothing, and I want them to fucking. How are blow you going to avoid off. spoilers? Because I it's have a social media filter that like starts blocking out uh, specific keywords. So right now I have put, a filter going for uh, fish. Yeah. Are you at least going to post a question to the group? You know what's what fuck- they will speculate? I would like no. to know what other people are no. thinking. No, okay. absolutely not. You know what's really funny though? You're going to be- poop on my parade. <laughs> because of this filter, I didn't you had to tell me the other day that uh, New Year's got announced because my filter blocked it. Yesterday. I, yep. Yeah, I couldn't even see fish that. Fish has officially announced uh how many times have they played MSG? They're playing Dude, again at MSG. Know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they've been doing it since like I want to say it's like '95, so, but not consecutively because yeah. I've seen them no, in, in no. Miami. Yeah, yeah, but and I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing it. It's like what I look forward to at the end of each year of mine. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, so this is gonna be like a mega fall tour for us because we're gonna see them in Vegas for Halloween when they do three sets. And we're also going to see them New Year's MSG where they do. Races. We should also it's gonna say be a lot of music. We should also great. say we're only going to Halloween. We're literally flying into Vegas, going to Halloween and leaving. <laughs> Which Why is else cool. would you go? Like, uh, yeah, there's no other reason I mean, to go. You could go to the entire run all four days. But I think I, I, I had the opportunity because obviously we had access to the tickets to do the entire run. And the more I thought about it, I was just like something in my gut wants it to just be like this special like. <laughs> it's like because it's in vegas like a special one night stand with fish like i'm That's gonna basically have what it's gonna be a musical one night stand with fish it's gonna be great yeah it'll be great i'm excited and what happens in vegas goes everywhere because it's gonna be on the internet <laughs> it's true it's true very true yeah um, i'm just pumped i i like seeing three sets two sets is never enough music for me <laughs> uh so i'm i'm really looking forward to the vegas show new year's too 
Yeah, I'm excited. Um, th- and this happened so fast. We just booked our flights, so it's like it's in. It's like it's not hasn't it really hit me yet. I don't think it's gonna hit me till we land in Vegas. I'm like, what the fuck? We're doing this shit. And Riviera Maya is again, of course, happening in February. God, I wish I was like uber rich and can go to all these things whenever they play. I could just pack up, you know, a, a camper and just follow them around. Yeah. I was thinking about dressing up maybe as Trey for Halloween. <laughs> if you, if you I could if I could hair, pull yeah. off one member of the band, it would be Trey. Yeah, you have the red hair. You could throw on his glasses, get some like thin wire glasses. I don't know how you're gonna pull off the beard. Ginger Just, beard. Like, makeup. It'd be <laughs> cool. Whatever, we'll see. Fun Funny. things. Fun things will happen in Vegas for sure. Um, so also J three PO speaking of the devil. Uh, sent me a text the other day with a I don't know if this is where it was on social media I don't do any social media so everything is like whoa news to me when somebody texts it to me um, Mike Gordon is going to be on an episode of Broad City it appears, oh, yeah, he it, was it appears with, to be the yeah. case he was where fil- did you see that? He was filming with Abby uh, the other day and uh, he did a promotion on like their Instagram and, oh, word. and it's like she's like like posing like she's kicking something and he's like leaning over and it's both of them in the shot it's like and when i saw it i was like oh shit this is happening the one j3po sent me was he was sitting on his phone of course um with alana and she was trying to take a picture i believe of what looked like his socks which is again (laughs) funny i've seen yeah yeah um that's exciting it's cool i think that's really rad Abby in real life is a huge fish fan, so it's pretty yeah, cool that they're our, doing our something. F- friend Josh met her at uh, Camden. Yeah, She's she, at the yeah, Camden she show. was at our Camden show. Yep, she was there. It's great. I love it. It's fantastic. And it, but it's cool that like they're embracing sort of this, you know. It, I, I just think it's like relevant to say and kind of like poignant because they, again, try not like don't try, but they for the most part stay out of popular culture. So it's kind of a cool thing that they'll be. Mike, at least, will be doing a little cameo. Yeah, I don't think they stay out of Shock. popular culture on purpose. I think it's yeah, just the way... Yeah, that's why I corrected myself. I don't think they try to. I just think it's not. they're not in the general zeitgeist <laughs> of popular culture. People don't... People, a lot of people I talk to, unless they're my friends, don't know what I mean when I say fish. Like, there are people that I still say fish to, and they don't know what I'm talking about. Dude, people at work think I'm fucking crazy. And then when crazy. I clarify it, yeah, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like, oh, it's probably the most, like, famous jam band uh under past grateful that like under grateful that one of my uh good uh co-worker friends uh antonio one time asked me he's like why do you spend all this money to see one fucking band and i was just like you just don't get it you just don't get it uh i was talking to a colleague the other day because i was telling him about vegas and he was like you know i've never seen fish play and to that i replied well unless you want to get obsessed with it for the rest of your life you probably should never do it that is correct I just think it's impossible <laughs> to see them and then not at least enjoy it enough where you'd want to go back and see another couple shows. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, we were actually at a party of your friend Josh's, and uh, there was a, remember we met these like two girls, and like one of them was like, "Oh, it's my first fish show." She was going camping. She was going to like, and we were like, "You're gonna commit." To an entire weekend, a band you've never seen before, and have to camp there the entire. You're stuck there basically, and you're gonna like commit to that. And she's like, "Ah, people are telling me it's the best way to see them." And I was like, "Shit, if I had my first fish experience like that, I'd probably fucking hate them." Like, I think time and a place has to kind of be right. 
for someone to really i also think it's like the people you're with though yeah if, if, if you're having a, large, a raging a party it's not really gonna matter yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And a, f- a fish show is a big party, and you know people do do it party drugs. It is a drugs, big so. party. Like, oh my god, oh my god, we're gonna get chocolate wasted. Chocolate wasted. <laughs> uh, moving right along to the next topic, which you already tried to gut me on. Uh, oh, what man. new songs are you listening to these days? Um, I wouldn't say there are new songs that I'm listening to per se, because I'm not really into the new stuff. Songs even still on Big Boat. I've been trying. I've been trying. Even Soul Planet, which is not on Big Boat. I've been trying. Like I, I just Soul Planet. I just skipped. To, I, that's a Just Jams that I go to a lot because it's been a vehicle for them. Um, but I would say there's songs that I kind of never paid attention to that I have now. And the one that we, I think we kind of talked about it in our last episode is for me is What's the Use. And I think on one of the episodes you talked about how we were at a show and someone That's was like, a new song. I know it's not a new song. It's a song that I'm now paying attention to. Oh, so you don't have new songs that you like. Just there's songs that have fallen out of my rotation and ones that I've never listened to before. They're right, right. So like new discoveries for you, like the Vultures is for me. Yeah. yeah like I'm obsessed with that song. Now. Yeah, you've had that song on fucking loop. and I'm obsessed with that song now. That Irish jig time signature is just. Uh, you should use that for the break. But anyway, sure. It's great. The song's great. So here's how I feel about new songs. And I think I'm way more open, open minded about them than you. Um, when I, you know, couch touring, see them play something or when I'm there and I see them play something new and then I check fish.net and uh, it's new. I find out it's a debut, um, particularly now because they've been playing new shows like very um, close to one another. They've been playing a lot of new songs like repeatedly within the most recent tour. I'll go back and kind of like listen to it again. And I will always like the song better. Always. It's like 100% certainty. I will always like the song better when I go back and revisit it. Cause when you get a new song live, you're like, what's this? And you're like, it totally pulls you out of, I think like the mood you're in and you're like, Oh, this is new. And you have really nothing, no frame of reference for it. It's like, I almost like study new songs. I just like will go back and like listen to all new songs that I hear. And Mercury, I have kind of been falling in love with lately. I think that song needs a lot of work. And I that song was cut out of Big Boat. And I totally agree with the producer or whoever decided to cut it out um, because it's nowhere near ready. But I do think that song has a ton of potential and I can't wait for it to develop. That's what I'm kind of keeping my, my ear marked on. I think it'll be good. Nope. <laughs> a big fat pass for me but whatever there's no new songs at all that you like you no. don't even like soul planet no just gems go straight to the gym i know i'm I'm murdering the segment for you I'm no it's so okay sorry, what about like, yeah. uh what about like the now they're kind of like old new songs like blaze on and no man and no man's land you haven't warmed up to those yet nope why do you like all like what's the use all of a sudden um that's a vehicle. That song. I, where is did a, we hear? It? We heard it precise, in Camden. I think it's a vehicle. Right? Heard it in Camden. I think is the last time we it's, heard it. Uh, my to my mind, the most memorable time I can remember it is um, it was at the Alpharetta shows. Um, there was a. T- I, I don't know if we were couch touring or if we were actually there. I, I'm gonna have to give me a second. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, so what's the use? Is last time a we got song? it was uh in, at New Year's last New Year's. That's the last time we got it. Okay, yeah, so we definitely watched it. Um, What's the Use to Me is a song that really shows 
um, the dynamic range of fish. That song Continue. gets really quiet. And what's interesting is that maybe it's also because we saw it at, um, I think it was the Alfredo one, actually. I, uh, I, it has no lyrics. Yeah, so it's, it's an instrumental song. Um, so for a lot of people, it's like a take a pee break. Um, and I don't think that's true. I, I think it is. I think there was a guy behind us at the last time we saw it, which was MSG. New Year's. And, last New Year's. Uh, they started playing it, and he like screamed like sarcastically. He's like, "What's the use? Like, like, why are you playing this song right now?" Um, but you know, I think the reason why I like it so much is because it re- it it gets so quiet but then the crowd the crowd gets so quiet like it just you first of all again you need to put things into context that song what's the use is a a vehicle song so if you don't actually like the song you like always where it's placed because it is a vehicle to getting into something really awesome and the reason why the guy at Madison Square Garden on New Year, it wasn't New Year's, it was the night before New Year's, was like, yeah, what's the use? Is because they played it, Golgi Apparatus, then they played What's the Use, and then they played You Enjoy Myself. So in between those two awesome songs, it was like a <laughs> song. But they I always played in between two awesome songs. I think so. Golgi, Golgi Apparatus rages. And then this, you who, oh my God, you who describe fish as building peaks and valleys. How, like, I don't understand how you can't see what's the use in between Golgi Apparatus and uh, Yem as like a means to build tension, which like made Yem that much more crazy. Like, I don't think the song builds tension. I think it's a relief. It's a release. I think it's like just a chill, quiet, nice, Are you out of your mind? It, it's a constant ascension. Bow, 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 so, this bow. song is a lullaby. This song is a lullaby. You're out of your mind. Lullabies me. You're out of your mind. Sleep. They always play it between good stuff, so I don't hate it when I hear it. I'm just like, man, this song is not for this, me. The beginning sounds like a lullaby to you, rightfully so. I mean, we're listening to it now, and like, it's got that very slow one, two, three, one, two, the waltz, three, yeah. one, two, like. At Alpharetta, when they played it, they played it between Tweezer Reprise and Petrichor, which is awesome. And that was only the third song in the set. And then they did play it again at Dick's. And they played it between Harry Hood and Blaze On. That's a bad slot. (laughs) That's a bad slot. It's always in the first set, typically, and it's always, always, always the same amount of time. They don't diverge from this at all. It's always standard. Again, I think there's something to be said when it hits that middle part where it really starts zoning out. We're actually getting to it right now. And it the, the entire crowd, like, this is when people turn around and tell people to shut the fuck up. That's also why I like this song a lot. Because I was turning around uh, when we got it at MSG and people were like, shut, like stop talking. Like, shut fucking jumpers. Blah, blah, blah. Like, people were pissed that other, that other people were talking. Like, listen to how quiet that crowd is. Like, you don't think this silence 
is building tension and adds no. more to this phrase now. No. Like musically, that's what they're doing. I think doing. it gives them a break. I think instrumentally it gives them a break. It's like a cool down no, for them after a workout. I think it lets them lock in. I think the opposite. Because when you play slower songs or songs with very intense dynamics, you have to focus. Because you can't just get amped. When you get on stage, it's like taking a shot of adrenaline. Like, you really need control and be able to say, like, no, I'm going to play softly. And I'm I'd like, empty, broken space. You know, it's like, you know, in radio, if you leave empty space, you get fined by the, what is it, the FCA, the FC, whatever the fuck they're called. FCC. FCC. They fine you for dead, dead air. So yes. it's like, you can imagine like and people just don't feel comfortable with silence especially at a concert no less it's just like they use that to their benefit and they create that and again i think that's why i'm really loving this song because it's like that silence and the way they play it like there's a feel to the way they play it sometimes where it's like softer or like fluffier or like mm. and it's a subtle difference that you really have to as a listener even focus and like pay attention to what they're doing so i i would argue that while the lengths are all the same you can listen to different versions of what what's uh, <laughs> you can listen to different versions of what's the use and you can uh feel a different energy about them uh so it's like the one time if i want to do like have a hippie moment like a mood ring like oh i can totally like get into the emotions bro it's like this song is the one that makes me do it and it's recent. Like, I, I, I never really paid attention to it. So it's been right. fun. You, you used to hate this song. Is yeah. that correct? You actually did used to go pee during this song, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Okay. Cool, and cool. and now it's at a point where, like, I they have me, like, leaning in and, like, sticking my ear towards the stage. And I'm, like, really, like, just, like, how, like, fluffy and lofty and, like, cool are you going to make this? This is, so, like, my song equivalent would be Wingsuit the same God, that's the fucking song i love that so song. annoying i love that song god we're such different fish fans it's incredible it is incredible that's why fish is incredible i'm telling you like you haven't felt like this song's been building the guitar is now all of a sudden it's starting like, two to now up. it's starting to now it's been the entire time and that's my point if you've been paying attention since the beginning it's no been now now time. i think i'm starting to feel it it's obvious now my bones. because trey is all the way up the neck now and it's like Correct. Has to be obvious. It's his his tone is his frequency is so high now that it's cutting everything. And he's got that beautiful. I mean, the reason why Trey's sound is it's Trey's sound is because this lends itself to like true distortion and like resonance and like that's why they he he says it's in interviews and shit. He's like how close I stand to my amp and like which way I stand. I like, put this song in the same exact category as Hydrogen because I don't like that at all, but if I it's between Mike's and Weekapug, I'm like, girl. See, I'm a proponent to you need, again, you need the yin to the yang. You need yeah, both sides of it. Yeah, Sure, sure, sure. And sure. these songs uh, have that in such a way that it's not like a velvet sea to me, like where it drags. It's not like a... Uh, trying to think of another one because i think those songs are repetitive waves or those like, songs are really repetitive but like waves i, I take that back because waves is cool for a different reason it literally sounds like waves crashing on a beach but yeah i love that song um i, I just get bored of it it's not it's not like waiting all night to me where i want to shoot waiting my all night out. waiting in the velvet sea those are all very repetitive songs yeah it's fucking nails on a chalkboard to me hey. um, what about petrichor i love petrichor so that's a new song oh, though oh 
speaking of <laughs> i didn't even know this was the version you were playing but no yeah what's the use goes into petrichor yeah in yeah show. yeah this is uh um, this is dix uh this is uh verizon alpharetta alpharetta yeah, yeah. um I love this song. So we we should actually, uh, I mean, we'll we'll take our break after after this. But uh, interesting conversation did come out of for the love of fish recently. Great, and, you're leading me into our exact next topic. And uh, <laughs> boom, <laughs> great. They uh, s- someone posted on on for the love of fish, similar to what I had posted in the past. What's the song that you skip? Um, someone posted a meme of like a really fat dude sitting in a chair. And the words in the meme says, "Well, they must have—he uh, must have gotten petrichored, and he just passed out in his in his stadium seat." Oh, like he's sitting down, and he's sitting he down and like passed it. out. Yeah, because oh, he's boring. Um, and the conversation that spawned out of that was like it was like four guys were just basically like petrichor's garbage, and I obviously chime in and I'm like, "Dude, petrichor's the new you enjoy myself," and the guy was like. Prove it. You can really piss people off when you say that. Oh, of course. <laughs> I did it on purpose. I was trying to strike a chord there. I do so. think that's true. I don't think it's identical, but I do think it's in a similar category. I think category, if you're going sure. to say that, that's like like using Nazis in an argument. Like You do that and people immediately go up. Well, this argument's not valid because you're comparing something to Nazis. With Petrichor <laughs> and Yem, Yem is like the, the Nazis of a fish fan. It's like, you can't compare anything to Yem. Yem is unique. You can't do that. Like It's just not done. If you do it, you're arguments immediately not valid um i think when you look at petrichor and its components it's highly orchestrated it's yeah, got all these different it. parts that are moving very much like an orchestral piece like it's it plays a lot to yem but i think the reason why people aren't really resonating with it is because it does take like half the song and the song's what like 10 minutes long i think the studio it doesn't i'm into it right now yeah but some people aren't some people need that like bubbliness that you enjoy myself has at the beginning the staccato like this is kind of more dragged out for some people and it just I think this song is like so like musically interesting to listen to because it has so many different parts and to me like a normal listener I wouldn't look at that and say that those all go together they're honestly like almost like different mini songs in one song like that Beatles song like I just it doesn't like I would never guess that it would be one total song but they find a way to like weave it together yeah. and it's just great it's like flawless but some people would make the argument that like just skip to the um Da, 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 and the rain will fall. Down. No, yeah, no, yeah. no. That other, yeah, that all, like, just skip to that part. Like all this shit at the beginning is boring. And this is exactly like you enjoy myself no, in the beginning. I, listen, you're preaching <laughs> to the <laughs> choir here. It's like exactly the same. Preaching to the choir here. I agree. I mean, we're not. Is that Brad? <laughs> like, that's what these dudes are being. It's just like, oh, like I'm not into the changes. It's like then you don't fucking get it, bro. Or like you are so stuck in your 1.0, 2.0 ways that like you I, again talk about me saying this because I hate new shit, but like they're not accepting of the of the newer stuff. I, I try to make it a point to myself to even if a new album comes out, at least find three songs that I can hold on to. And cool. Big Boat is the first one where I think I only have two. I'd have to look at the that you like. Yeah. Petrichor and what? I, don't, I was gonna say I have to look, I have to wiki <laughs> look up the, the uh, other one. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the thing. It's like I don't listen to Big Boat. I just don't. I don't listen to albums at all. But again, like I said, I do go and kind of like study new songs. Because the, my like favorite thing about Fish is the evolution. 
is the evolution of their music and the evolution of their individual songs. I love that. Uh, so I'm looking at Big Bo right now, and um, I don't know. It's actually just Petrichor. What else do you got on Big Boat? Uh, friends, Breath and Burning, Home, Blaze On, Tide Turns, Things People Do, Waking Up Dead, Running Out of Time, No Man in No Man's Land, Miss You, I Always Wanted It This Way, More, and Petrichor. Man, I like a lot of songs on that. Yeah. <laughs> you like all of Fish. Fish is great. I, I don't all like all of it. I like a lot of those songs. <laughs> and that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you do. I'm glad someone does. I thought you were coming around to more. Uh, more, be something more than this. It's still very fucking repetitive. Cheesy. You know it's cheesy. <laughs> it's really cheesy, but it's so it's that's like an earworm of a song. I, yeah, you you have to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. What else is going on on for the love of fish? Since I'm not on social media, is there anything to fill me in on? Um, we're over. Uh, we're pushing 600 members now at this point. Holy so shit. you know, it's still growing. It's slow and steady, but um. I like to believe that it's all about the quality, not the quantity. Um, a lot of fish groups. What does that mean? There's some. I was gonna say there's a lot of fucking weird fish groups on Facebook. One like of them, for like hyper specific things. One of them is uh, summer tour, like fish summer tour 2014. It's known for being just like the onion of like fish groups, where like it, it people are just like fake ripping on fish and like being weird and shit, and it's like. It, the, my problem is, is that it's a bunch of like dudes who are stuck being like nine years old. So like every once in a while they'll put like pedophile type shit on there and like it gets really fucking weird. I was in the group for all of like a month and I had to get out because I was like, this is too like these dudes think they're being funny and don't realize that like they're the only ones laughing. Um, yeah, it's like inside jokes among people and like inside jokes within inside jokes to the point where it's just like, dude, that's not funny. That's disgusting. Yeah, like, yeah. I think like social media groups, especially when they're dedicated to bands, should be about like sharing knowledge, like yeah. sharing information. And unfortunately, there's like an anony anonymity to it to the point where like people are like, oh, I can say like something gross or I can like mention like Gordon, like, uh, like dick pic Mike Gordon, something stupid and blah. Like, yeah, that's lame. It's that's fucking super lame. weird and stupid. So like, that's what not I'm saying. Not to so, hate, but that's super. So for the love of fish, we actually hit a point where I had to get two moderators. So there's two other people helping me with the group now. That's awesome. Um, and it's great. One dude is like super into finding links. So yeah, now there's um the, the thing about for the love of fish that was di different from addicted to fish is that addicted to fish uh wouldn't, wouldn't let you post anything that was um like people make pins and like all these different things like etsy type shit they wouldn't yeah. let you post any of that stuff and they wouldn't let you post links to the show and their argument was if you love fish you'll support the band and it's like fuck you asshole if you were a true fish fan you would understand that people have been sharing their music since the beginning go fuck yourself so this one dude <laughs> one moderator is into finding links the other one she's just like really cool and like uh, she's been in the fish since like 94 so she's like super knowledgeable and super cool. She posts awesome. stuff every day to kind of strike up conversations with people. Yeah, that's so great. It's, it's hitting its stride. It's been really cool. Um, I've awesome. also gotten gotten to like take a hand off of it a little bit. Be like, kiss my ass, you fucking tool. But you know, in a nice way. It's like you guys got this. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's all of that energy. <laughs> I love his voice. Gotta gotta fit that soundboard in there. I, mean, I don't use it enough. <laughs>
The buzzing has stopped, so that's great. Yeah. New technology, new cables. We, we've gotten a lot of upgrades yeah, we're on the podcast. We we're should upgrading. talk about that, too. Yeah. We're upgrading. Uh, I hope it just hope keeps it sounds, sounding Yeah, I hope better. it sounds more professional. Yeah, getting there. Trying to. Like fish. We're just upping our equipment. Constantly yeah. up, upping, upping, upping. I wouldn't say equipment. we're at 2.0 yet. I would say it's like 93, <laughs> like where I put us right now. Okay, cool. That'll, you know, go listen to 93. It'll make sense. We're going to hit it. Like we're, I think we're getting into a good stride. Hitting that stride. Hitting that stride. All right, so you asked me to take us out on Vultures, and we're going to do- My new favorite song. From Alfreda. Uh, so far, everything from the fish segment has been from Alfreda. It's, I think, the best group of shows I've seen in a very long so time. So you've been implying, but I still say go back and listen to North Carolina. You'll surprise yourself. Sounds great. All right. All right. So we'll be there. Take two. We'll be right back after this short 15-minute break.
got a Jabril. I am the Lizza. I'm the kid. And we're moving right along to our beer segment. Beer segment. So the last few ones that we had were like very rigidly structured. Uh, and they were designed, in my eyes, to teach you things about beer stylistically that you don't know. And that is correct. Yeah, I mean, most of it was a flop. So I'm going back to like keeping it fast and loose. Just kind of like talking <laughs> about things. That's what she said. Yeah, just kind of talking about things like that are new to our market or like, you know, seasonal changes. You know, I'm keeping it, keeping it light, keeping it nice and fluffy with kid gloves today. Word. And you'll taste two beers that you've never had before. Oh, sweet. So at least I'm exposing you to new things. Yeah. Maybe you'll learn something today. Maybe you won't. But at this point, I could really care less. <laughs> I will say <laughs> that, I mean, I know I, I raged last episode. I will say that I am trying to come at this with the intent of learning new information. Um, I was actually talking about this at, uh, in one of my classes the other day for grad school. Um, I, I just know myself so well in the way that I learn that like I'm like a visual learner and I'm like an, a learner by experience well I, I just don't take well this is why even with fish or even with beer like the whole reading and like researching out of like pure curiosity I don't do that but if a discovery channel special existed where they went through all the beer like if someone did like a Cicerone video like course I would watch the shit out of it it just doesn't exist uh, I'm not trying to play the devil's advocate here, but I don't think that you would watch that because the the material is very dry. I I understand that it's dry, <laughs> but when when you it's do history, it, you're learning history. Yeah, but you could do you could like you know in in this series that would exist. All right, first of all, I should patent this right now. This is yeah, my idea. Yeah, I was idea. gonna say fuck anybody who's listening to this podcast. My idea, fuck you guys. Um, but no, I I would like if I were gonna do like a uh an english series i would go to england and like go around and like go to the original breweries where some of these styles popped off and like talk about it and like visit the brewers and like talk to them and do whatever that to me seems super interesting i saw a beer documentary once where fucking sam sam calgione was on it and it was basically a big pitch for the the brew magic system that's above the one that j3po has it's like the ones that like microbreweries use and i thought it was interesting as shit and like It was just because it was something. Why don't I could you produce one? I don't know. Why don't you produce? I don't know. I should. To my knowledge, they are still just using powerpoints to teach these things, and it's bullshit. Powerpoints don't work, and the, they're uh. finding more and more that like students, even in college, for example, like they don't learn shit to be a powerpoint. Like it's just you're you're retaining knowledge to regurgitate it, and that's it. No one actually. Yeah, like, yeah, it's repetition. Yeah. It's like the writing down of it several times, the reading of it several times, like gets stuck in and your head. That shit doesn't work for me. One of the reasons I love my graduate program is because we're doing stuff. Like I'm learning how to be a therapist, so I sit down with people. I talk yeah, to people, well, like, I was just on. gonna say that I don't. Every time someone is like quote unquote impressed with the fact that I'm a certified CSRO and I'm just like, ah, honestly, I've forgotten probably like 60% of the things that I knew. Right. Because you have to I don't drill use, it. You have yeah, to drill it. And yeah. I don't use that information on a daily basis. The only way I think that you maintain knowledge or a skill or anything is by constantly using it. Yeah. It's like a language. If exactly. you don't use it, you lose exactly. it. Exactly. Or a muscle. <laughs> Same thing. Whatever. I don't you don't it. use it, you lose it. Man, <laughs> I hate that turn of phrase uh yeah so uh keeping it light on that train um <laughs> seasons are changing we're in late september almost early october 
Yeah. Um, so seasonally for beer anyway, this kind of denotes a couple of things that you're going to see popping up into the market. This time of year, everybody knows is a uh, pumpkin beer time. Uh, it's been pumpkin beer time since like July, but sure. Well, that's like mark that's marketing and you know the, <laughs> the machines and the big man and whatever. Just the changing of seasons uh, puts most people in the mood and the cha- lowering of temperatures puts most people in the mood to drink, you know, a little more hearty beers. In summer, you're ideally drinking, you know, Pilsner's, Kolsch, so, yeah, Wheats, was, What about Goza's. Red Ales? Red Ales come to mind? Malty? So, Red Ale is not, like, really a thing. Okay. Red Ale is, like, not a thing. That's it's not totally really a thing. style. It's not really a style. I'm going to check BJCP. Go ahead. Consult BJCP. Quick. I was going to say. I'm so, there's a couple, again, back to, there's a couple of styles. Pumpkin beers, for sure. Although, that trend has, like, largely been dying off over the past couple of years. Like, pumpkin beers are kind of now seen as, like, kind of cheese ball. Right. So like a lot of breweries have kind of stopped making them. It actually takes a lot of time and investment to make a pumpkin beer. And it's really the window now is closing very, very, very tightly to the time that people are receptive to pumpkin beers. So that's kind of not really a thing anymore. There are still like those big heavy hitters in the market like Southern Tears, Pumpkin. So real quick, there's an Irish Red Ale and a Flanders Red Ale in the BJCP. But those are not a Flanders Red Ale is a sour. Yes. And what was the other one? Irish Red Ale. Right. That's an Irish Ale. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll get half a point on this one. What what do you mean when you say Red Ale? Because you mean something. I know what you mean. And it's not. Yeah. It's not what you're. A strong ale. It's like maltier, a little higher. Like a barley wine. No. I don't. Whatever. I don't want to derail this conversation. So what. Pumpkins are in. What else? I was going to say, the other things that I can think of that I can... So yeah. here's this funny thing. Like, going into fall... I mean, back in middle of August, I, I am about to actually keg tonight, or possibly keg, uh, some beer and transfer some beer. Um, I went into that that ordering of the of the ingredients to figure out, you know, what fall beers do I want to make? And when you Google, like, fall beers, or you like try to research, like, fall styles... Right. There's, it's, I forget, it starts with an M. It's a Marzen. A Marzen. We're going to taste one of those today. So we've never My had it. My absolute favorite style for this time um, of year. Oktoberfest. Same thing. Uh, I don't see, I didn't even know Oktoberfest and a Marzen were the same thing. In America, domestically, they call it Oktoberfest. In Germany, where it, the style originated, it's called the Marzen beer, which means March beer. Uh, what? Because <laughs> it was March. made in March? Correct. And it's been sitting that long that you're drinking it now? We'll get to it in the history section when we <laughs> taste this beer. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, all right, we, all right. Uh, So we've only hit, you know, hit on a very small niche. Pumpkin beers and fest beers or Marzins are very popular around this time. Uh, Why? Ciders. Like, is there like a stylistic there, We'll get reason? to it. We'll get to oh, it. We'll sorry, get to sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. Ciders are also hugely popular in the fall. I mean, okay. it's harvest time. Obviously, it makes sense. Apples. Um, and then wet hopped beers are my favorite part of going into fall. Everyone looks forward to the fall beers, but I love wet hop beers. Yeah, a friend of ours just made a wet hop beer. Yeah, it's wet hop time. Again, it's the har- time you harvest the, the hops. Yeah. So Certain hops, but yeah. Do you know what those three things are? You obviously know what a cider is. Yep. You obviously know what a pumpkin beer is. Yep. You said you were going to learn about Marsons today. Yeah. And do you know what wet hop beer is? Yeah. What is a wet hop beer? A wet hop beer is when you're using freshly uh, harvested hops to make a beer. And the lupulin uh, content, like saturation, is so high because they're so fresh that like the beer is like super juicy and super like... Eh, you you kind of went off the rails there. uh, so yeah, credit. wet hop beers. A couple of years ago, there was a really great article in the New York Times about it because um, the style is gaining traction. 
Um, it is. It's when you use wet hop. <laughs> hopped. Hippity hop. Wet hops. That hop just anonymous. means wet, uh, wet hop is technically 24 hours within harvest. So you have to harvest the beer and then within 24 hours you have to brew and use those hops. Right. And I always like to explain it. It's kind of the difference between using dried herbs and fresh herbs. So actually everything that's wet hopped is way more aromatic and sort of like aroma, you know, centric than any other IPA or pale ale that you'd use for the style. Word. But you can also use wet hops in uh, Marzen's on Oktoberfest. So should we try some of these? Should we try this guy? Yeah. Which one's the mark? What, 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 yeah. What do we walk me through what I'm about cool. to open here? Um, is so this the German one? Yes. It is okay. a German style. It's, the brewery is Urban Chestnut, and they're actually from Minneapolis. But, oh, no, they're from St. Louis. Sorry. St. Louis, Missouri. I get Ooh, those confused. Man. It smells w- weird. So we kind of started getting into this. Uh, that is a lager, right? Marzins are essentially amber lagers. And Marzen in German means March beer. And the origin and the history behind this style, it was it was brewed for, I think it was King Louis or King Henry, the whatever, a very long time ago. There was a royal wedding and they needed a beer. So this beer was brewed in March, set to quote unquote lager down in caves all throughout the summer. And then it was brought back out in September, which is actually when Germany has their Oktoberfest, even though it's called Oktoberfest, it happens at the end of September. And uh, Marzins are amber lagers. They're intended to use the best ingredients that you can possibly get your hands on. These beers are supposed to be premium beers, right? But they're supposed to be very, very simplistic, not too overly complicated. Everything is just supposed to be the most premium of everything you can get. Premium German malts, premium hops, great water, that kind of thing. Um, and stylistically they're perfect for this time of year because they are amber in color. And, uh, when you taste them, initially you get that caramel toffee toasted bread in the taste when you initially try it. So it's sweet on the front of your palate, but then when you swallow, it finishes super dry because it's a lager. And these beers are specifically designed to want to entice you to keep drinking them to yeah, drink a, a lot wedding of beer man we gotta get w- fucking wasted over here um some things that i'm trying to pick up using my dog sniffing that you taught me i smell like honey i smell like uh toasted almonds yes i smell like toasted almonds yeast. i taste a lot that's a good one you actually kind of hit the nail on the head um, i do i was gonna say toasted nuts but it i've been trying to get better almond. yeah i've yeah, been trying to get great. better at using vocabulary as you uh told me last episode so i'm, I'm again yeah, I'm, I'm listening that's I'm listening. great yeah, 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 you, yeah what you said so far is spot on um um red red I, I was gonna say when you when when i cracked it it smelled like crackers yeah cracker yeah it's all those things synonymous with malts and it's basically trying to showcase the malts the roasted malts Ooh. but it's really sessionable it's really light this is 5.4 percent there's some this beer's really fucking good. It's great. Um I think the maltiness for me generally like lagers in general are just like too crisp, I guess, or like too dry for me. Okay. So I think the malt presence here balances out really great. Yeah, these beers so are like, very well balanced. Yeah, so it's like the ending generally when something's dry and it like kind of makes me feel like someone took a fork and scraped my tongue. Um there is essence of that because that's just the, the nature of the yeast. But this is also like, again, there's sweetness to it. There's like, there's enough there that even though you get those feelings of the scraped tongue, it's like satisfying still. Yeah. It's not like 
overly dry. Yeah. So Urban Chestnut, a little bit about these guys um, from St. Louis. Their uh, head brewer and co-owner is a brewmaster, and he learned the craft um, from a super small mom-and-pop brewery in Germany. And then when he moved to the United States, he actually developed recipes for Anheuser-Busch because he conceptually understood how to build German beer so well. And now he is a head brewmaster co-owner of Urban Chestnut, and they do exclusively pilsners and lagers, and he just brews like sessionable German beers that he loves to drink. That's dope. And all the beers are very high quality. And where are they again? St. Louis. St. Louis. Damn. If there was ever a reason for me to visit St. Louis. Well, they have that arch, right? That huge like metal U or whatever. The arch, yes. Yeah. 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 I've never been there. I don't know. That's pretty much what they have. Yeah, it's pretty much what they have. (laughs) They have cops that kill black people too. Sorry, let's not get political. Yeah, let's let's uh let's keep it on. Sorry. The frivolity. Do you understand why this style though is perfect for this time of year? Yes. It's perfect Um, for this time of year. I honestly it's a transition style. Eat chestnuts with this roasted chestnuts would be great. Yeah, it tastes a lot like chestnuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nuts. Almonds was definitely spot on. Is it weird? I think chestnuts taste like mashed potatoes. I don't want to say what I think they taste like because it's lewd. Oh, I think you've told this to me before. I also think it's what almonds taste too. I was gonna say I don't understand. Lewd. Okay. Um, I what what I would want to figure out is um, what I I can't say historically because it was in a cave, so the the temperature fluctuation was probably all over the fucking place. But no, no, it was cold. It was cold. It was the only place they could put the beer to keep it cold. Well, I would say like a cave or a cellar is like. The temperature is stable. Cellar temp. But like, it's not like lager temperature in the sense where it's like the 50s or like six. Like, it, I can't even imagine it's in the 60s. In the I think a cellar temperature or what we refer to in the industry as cellar temperature is anywhere between 52 and 55 degrees. See, that's that's cold. I wouldn't even imagine a cellar back in the that's day. That's what like you that. would lager like, a beer at, too. No, mm-hmm. I understand that. But I'm saying like with a fridge, that's possible. But like, I wouldn't imagine a cellar in Germany and like, Really? The 1600s or 1700s, it was like that cold. I don't know, maybe. Maybe I don't know the weather of Germany well enough to even be saying that, but it just doesn't seem like a thing to me. Um, I should also say that uh, the original, the OG German beers that were brewed, the Marzens, um, most of them use the decoction mash method, oh, which is a fancy a step mash method, but it's obviously removing some of your mash liquid boiling that down, concentrating it, and then adding that back into the mash to raise the temperature without having to add any additional water or any heat source applied to your actual mash. Yeah, I still don't really understand. It's a very like, primitive way to do it. I under I understand the concept of decoction. I just don't understand how you're not actually adding any liquid because you're using heat and the liquid boils and it evaporates. So you're getting loss. So I imagine when you're brewing... Not if you keep of, like a lid on. Even brewing s- a closed vessel even like in a brewery. S- yeah, yeah, but even so, it's like... Uh, I I don't. You you must, from a brewer's perspective, start with more water than you than you expect to like a significant amount more than you expect to yield. Yeah, you have to calculate in that that additional water that you're going to remove, yeah, and then condense. Well, because you constantly keep mashing, so you the, the the grain is also absorbing liquid too. So it's like you're going through these extra steps of mashing longer, decocting, and doing all this stuff. Like it just has to be. Probably so well-tuned that you know what the loss is each time you're decocting. I only mention that because um, it is a it does impart a unique flavor. That like caramel sort of 
um, toffee sort of candied flavor. Yeah. It adds a concentrated, almost like a syrup yeah, back into so- your beer and gives it all those kind of notes without having to add additional water to, you know, water your beer down for step mashing or applying extra heat, like you're saying, boiling off any extra flavor. So I brewed a, um, what will be a mango wheat beer uh, is one of the two beers that I'm making. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, And when I went to do my first pull of of, uh, the mash, I threw it right into the pot because I I had used up all my water and um, it was empty. And I turned the burners on thinking like, oh, it'll just be great. It'll like help me get like going faster if I just, you know, there's like two gallons of water in it so far. Yeah. And it's the first time ever. I, I wasn't paying attention, but some of the, like, I guess the, the mash water would, like was still on the backside of the pan or yeah. the pot, I mean. Yeah. And it started to like cook a little bit, like nothing crazy. It didn't like burn or like, because yeah. like, th- th- I've heard of that. Like people, it's like scorching your your mash Burnt water. sugar. Yeah. It's yeah. Tough. It's terrible. It's it destroys yeah. your entire batch. It just ends up tasting like it. Yeah. Um, but when it was starting to do that, it did get like, that's how I knew. Cause I started being able to smell it a little bit. I was like, oh shit. I immediately turned the burners off, but it smelled like that, that caramel toffee apricot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, I, I think like having, caramelized sugar, I think having that happen though, literally just the last time I brewed, which was last weekend. Um, now that you're saying it, I was like, oh yeah, that, it makes it easier for me to pick it out now. Cause I know it's there. Cool. Um, it's interesting. Awesome. But yeah, hold on. We got to finish this beer. We got a whole nother one. Would you, uh, on a homebrew level, could you ever replicate? Um, decoction? Yeah, decoction mash. Yes. How would you do that? Uh, you need a Herm system for sure. Right. You couldn't use an igloo. You could not mash. use a cooler. A cooler. To, uh, so a cooler, cooler, a cooler basically means that you're either doing single, single infusion, double infusion, or attempting a step up mash. You can try. But it's it's so hard because your water absorption rate with the grain is like so great, right? And it's like your pot in my case is a ten gallon pot. Like it's you're just kind of like set up to just be like fuck it. It's not really worth it. But right. if you had a Herm system where it's cir- circulating and I could just remove some of that liquid and then boil it down and just add it back in and it just recirculates back in. Right, right, right. Um, right. It's just, it's, it's way more. I've seen, uh, videos and, and YouTube videos of, uh, I've seen YouTube videos of people having specific attachments on the Herm system so that you basically add two extra spigots to your Blickman pot. You drill two extra holes and, you know, one is the send and one is the receive for the liquid that's going into your hot liquor tank, which is another Blickman pot where it's going through the coil and then circulating back into the top and you're creating that, that like constant awesome. motion. So in one of the tubes of the uh, send, so you're pulling from the bottom, so the most uh, sugar-rich uh, liquid, you put like a T-valve on that, and the yep. T-valve allows you to kind of just pull the runoffs of the first, what would be the first pull, right. and then you could decoct that, and then just throw right. it back in. Yeah, yeah, right, um, right, right. So right. yes, it's definitely possible, and people are doing it, and it, it's only effective that way is what I'm trying to say. If you do it as a, like an igloo, like or a cooler mash it's it's really hard you're basically like pulling the runoff opening the valve on the cooler into like a pot and then somehow trying to pour it back in when it's done without disturbing the bed it's like fucking impossible i've seen people have to build like pvc pipe that's the part that i can't compute is how you would incorporate 
and distribute that con- you know compressed or reduced mash liquid into the igloo cooler. Yeah. It just wouldn't be that's, possible yeah, to get it in mixed in no, without like you, you're saying start you, disturbing the whole bed. You literally put it in a pot, put it on the stove, boil it down, and then just dump it in again. And then hope that it all mixes in. But because our yeah. home system's constantly in motion, it's kind of yeah. like you, you circulating. Love, you love to plant. That's like a, yeah. a hydroponic system yeah. because the water's constantly circulating and it's moving. You know, in in these rock beds for the which is simulating soil. Like yeah. that constant motion changes. You know the properties of like how these plants grow. I would argue that the same thing is true with mashing because it's in a constant state of motion. It's blending. The liquid is blending back in. I feel like if you're decocting. Even if you are doing it, it's settling back into the green bed and like the odds that it's actually mixing into the solution appropriately to pull out those flavors. I, I don't think it's, it's not, it's definitely not worth the time and the effort to me unless you have a Herm system. Cool. Are you, uh, I, I, recently in recent years, I've really gotten into pilsners and lagers and this time of year is going to make me just crazy for them. Um, has the lager bug bit you yet? Nope. You have no desire to brew a lager? Nope. It's honestly... Will a, you ever? Yeah, absolutely. When I get another fridge. So you can keep that at a lager temp. My problem with lagers is the amount of time they take to make. It's like, I, I'm i making yeah. two... I'm, again, I'm... <laughs> Laying I'm, it down. I'm hopefully... I'm about to dry hop uh, the New England IPA I made Sick. Uh, tonight. I will probably keg it this weekend. Sick. Uh, I now have one carboy free. I can immediately brew this weekend and have another beer ready to go. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's like if yeah, I don't, if, if let's yeah. say I wait it out and I let the mango wheat finish and then I make a lager, it's like I can make one more lager and then I can't brew for a month and a half. So it's like... You need like the equivalent of a bright tank. Not so even like a, a bright container tank. I just need, a, just I just need a, sit. a fermenter dedicated to pilsners. Yeah. And lagers. It's yeah. just like you. The, that's why people do it because it's like you just need. It's you know when you make a Brett beer, you need that fucking beer to sit for a year. So it's like. Oh, uh, I mean, if you're if you, <laughs> you only make yeah, if you only use Brettanomyces Brett strain, it takes about six months, not a year. Yeah, about six a sour beer like people. Uh, we had a friend of ours who's like doing sour beers, and he had to yeah. get those SS. Uh, fermenter conical fermenters and he's like yeah. dude i let one of them just sit because it's like i had to buy three of them because one of them just sits with sours in it it's like yeah 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 three, yeah. three months four months of like just sitting it's just like a space yeah. thing that's why it's 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 interesting when you start looking from homebrew to commercial level because the time frame starts shrinking believe it or not yeah just the volume batch size and you know the fermentation rate because of the surface area of the liquid and blah 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 but like even I'm pretty sure a pilsner or a lager at a commercial level is still like we're talking like two weeks, three weeks to produce. Uh, yeah. Believe it. I I swear to God, last time I was at two weeks Bissell, sounds fine, but I it's not. It's no more than two weeks. I it is all. I mean, it's my point is is that it's a month and a half for me, if not longer, for like, at a homebrew level. Yeah. yeah. If so you are a professional brewer with a centrifuge, you could produce lagers as quick as you produce sales yeah a lot of it is just cleaning up correct centrifuge, so like, yeah. yeah i mean you can simulate a centrifuge they do that at uh at bronx brewery uh when they're uh pulling um when they're pulling the boil they just have it they have the valve that like opens up that sends it that it just naturally starts centrifuging. a whirlpool yeah they still That's send a it they still send it to a yeah. whirlpool they, no i'm saying like in the boil kettle 
Correct. Like they get it spinning so that all the hop sediment collects in the Co- center. Cones in the center. But then yeah. they still send it to a whirlpool. Yeah, yeah. And they still have bright tanks. Like, but the yeah. Bronx really likes clear beer, so that's you know yeah. up their alley. Yep. So I mean, I've seen people use fucking centrifuges to make cocktails to Centrifuge. separate pulp. Yeah. To separate. It pulp. is if your brewery, if you are lucky enough to own one in a professional brewery, is the most expensive piece of equipment you have. Because it's, liquid's heavy, it's hard to spin it. E- exactly, spin it because really it's fast. essentially like a, a motor. fucking washing machine that's like flinging out the liquid and trapping all the sediment. Opposite, it's it's spinning the liquid so fast that it's flinging out the, the sediment. sediment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it like shotguns and releases it out. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Centrifuges are amazing. Um, so I'm really glad you like this beer. Um, in Europe, everything of this style would be called a Marzen March beer. Um, in America, if a domestic brewery makes beers in a German style, they still tend to call it Marzen. Um, but domestically, Americans, domestic brewers will call their beers either Fest beers or Oktoberfests. And those is this, is this out of comparatively, respect? Is this like a champagne thing? Yeah, those okay. comparatively. I'm just explaining to you, like if you pick up a domestic Oktoberfest. Fest beer or Oktoberfest, it's going to be a lot lighter than this. Okay. Um, and it'll likely be more hoppy. This is brewed in a very traditional sense. This guy is from Germany. He loves German beers. So this is pretty much as close to a German Marzen as you're going to find. He does uh, indicate that it's an export beer, meaning that it's slightly different, a little bit more hoppy than it traditionally would be. Um, but again, it's it's brewed very, very two style. What do you pair this with? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, is like butternut squash up there? Because that's like kind of falling. Yeah, that sounds amazing, actually. Cheese, my mind always goes to cheese. I'm a cheese whore. Um, actually, you pair these type of beers, like Marzins and, and Oktoberfests, with like cheddars. Like oh. really like that's hearty. Like really sharp. Yeah, like yeah. hearty, bitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, like stronger cheeses can stand up to the malt character in these beers. I like pairing these beers with like pretzel, like think of German food, right? What about chutney? Pretzels, sausages. You can kind of go buck wild with it because you have that, you know, really roasty, malty kind of caramel base to stand up to whatever you're going to pair it to. Interesting. I would say like carrot cake. I think this would be great with carrot Ew, cake. Get the fuck out of here. I think this would be great with pretzels. I think this pretzel would be great good. with an apple pie. Ooh, I think this good. would be great uh, with a weird. chocolate chip cookie. I think this would be great with. Dude, what's with you and mixing sweets and beer? That's fucking gross. It's t- t- it's hard. It's hard to pair desserts with beer. It's Every, really hard. It outside of the whole, palate. outside of the whole. Oh, I do a stout with chocolate. Oh, I do a stout with chocolate uh, ice cream. <laughs> like it's you know I'm, that's pretty. I'm from ridiculous. Brooklyn. I do stouts. With I just duh. that really make like. Gerts me like when there's a beer pairing and it's always fucking a, a, a stout. A chocolate stout with something chocolate. That's like so basic. It's pro- so ridiculous. My problem with pairing something sweet with beer is that one doesn't play with the other so well. Like sweet- I disagree. You can find those pairings. You can, and they're diamonds in the rough is what I'm trying to say. In, in most cases, most when beers I've had are bitter, right? Sweet, you need that yeah. to balance out the sweet of the dessert. Right, but like, for example, one of my favorite desserts of all time is Tres Leches. And it's like, I that thing sure. is so fucking sweet yeah. that if I drink a beer after that, it's so insanely bitter no matter how light the beer is. Because mm. this, my sweetness palate has been blown off the fucking page that it's just like, eh. I can't really taste the malt characteristic 
in the beer anymore because my 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 sugar content is just shot through the roof. I don't know. I uh find it easier to taste a dish and then my mind immediately can jump to what beer I would want with it. So you go the opposite way. You have the food first. Then. Yeah. So the other day, uh, I was at said noodle shop in new york i don't want to say the name uh i had spicy noodles i had a bunch of spicy dishes and i was like man like you're saying i don't want something bitter right now and i don't want something really highly carbonated right now make it worse right because i exactly i don't want it to my palate to be more scorched but i was like my mind instantly hopped to um Beers that were produced with lactose or milk. Yeah, yeah, so to make things velvety. more basic yeah, 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 and yeah, make yeah. it more basey. That I would love to drink with something that's spicy. Right. right? You want a mango <laughs> lassi with your, a mango yeah, lassi beer. Can no you imagine joke. if someone did that? That'd be a great. Mango lassi I wish you had lactose to the beer you're making now. I have lactose too. I should have done mango it. Mango wheat la- I lactose. I don't know if you could add lactose to a wheat beer. You're just changing. That's not even a thing. Yeah, you that's could weird. research it. People can do, do anything, uh, Jason. Mango cream ale. That'd be cool. Um, mango cream ale sounds great, like a but like a creamsicle. I'm thinking like a Boddington's that you add mangoes to. <laughs> I was just in a bottle shop today, and some Omni Polo beer was like off the rails. It was like lemon, lactose, cinnamon. Uh, it had a bunch of just things in my mind that don't go together. Was it Cigar City? Someone did that weird donut. It like, was Omni Polo. The one I was looking at today was Omni Polo. I, I I agree. Like when you a start Dane. doing like a like oh this is trying to be like a, a donut. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I see, I'm on Instagram with breweries a lot, and I see, like, them putting, like, sprinkles and shit. Like, I get it. It's for the sugar. They're making, uh, what's that fucking style of beer where you take hard rock candy and you throw it in to make it dry? Yeah, like, any any Belgian beer really has that candy sugar. Yeah. Bel- Bel- all Belgian beers mostly have, like, Abbey's, like, triples, all those pretty much use candy well, like, sugar. like, people are getting fucking weirder. The other day, I saw people throwing fucking ice cream cones into the fucking beer. It was just like, Dude, what that's the? milk and sugar makes sense. I mean, you can use it. That's creative. See, that's like getting creative, but there's like getting creative and it not working out and getting creative and it working out. And in today's industry, unfortunately, people don't not release things that don't work out and they still release them and it's, they still get money for them when they're shit. Yeah, that's a big thing for me. Like I, I would be the worst commercial brewer because I will literally throw batches of beer out all the time and like i feel like a lot of people now just because it's a business and they have to keep the lights on like people are releasing beers more often now that they're just not proud of or like they just need to you know sell it and it's unfortunate because you know it's expensive to make a large batch of beer uh that's why every commercial brewery uh has an extensive lab and has an extensive uh panel of tasters super tasters quality control it's probably the most important thing that exists in a brewery it's a last sure thing a brewery gets though because it's expensive it's yeah expensive to do you have to constantly like and you they get everybody who works at the brewery to do it like to get together and and taste stuff like you know use your peeps as guinea pigs um no, but I mean, labs like, are just expensive. Like professional, like Allagash has, yeah, lab. And, I'm, and I'm, no, and it has an entire like fleet of people that are super tasters that test every single one of their beers before they go out. Yeah, Maine, So like Maine, that's just the way it works. If we're gonna talk, uh, Maine, uh, Maine Brewing Company also they just got a lab in their expansion. Maine Beer Co. Yeah. They got a lab and they have tasters now and, you know, they do the blind tasting quality checks and shit. What I'm saying is, is that it's generally a last step for an, for an up and coming brewery. Like Bissell Brothers doesn't have a lab right now. They will at some point. Are you sure they don't in their new space? They actually, I think, have one in their new space. If I'm 
I read. But their new I space does small batch shit and like barrel aging and all that stuff. It would make sense because they need to better control that and regulate and you know check yeast and all that. Hmm. Um. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I just opened up a can of Horus. H O R U S. I had never heard of these people before. They popped up in the market. I was curious. Um, the history on their website says that this dude collects beer from other places and collects wort from other places. And like his whole thing is he wants to barrel age everything or put things resting in a barrel for at least a certain amount of time. This beer is an IPA. So I at least thought it was going to be sour, but it is not at all. And it just, to me, it tastes like a straightforward IPA. So I'm at this point a little confused as to what I'm uh, supposed to be getting here. Smells very tropical. It's got you know the mango and the peach going and yep. The- it's uh, Horace Aged Ales. That's the brewery out of Oceanside, California. This is Offrey's Fresh Catch. It's supposed to be a sour IPA. It's not sour at all. It's seven uh, percent triple dry hops with citron mosaic and amarillo hops. That's what Horace. the website says, but the actual can says citra mosaic and Eldorado. Uh, so not amarillo. This amarillo batch has El- this this batch has Eldorado. Um. It tastes it. You know what it reminds me of? Battery Steel up in Maine as well. Interesting. Tastes just like their beers. I mean, he's using the hmm. they're using the same hops. Um. So, what flavors do you get from this? There's one that pops out to me that I is coating my mouth right now that I can't get rid of, and it's just lingering for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lemongrass. Apricot. I don't know what apricot. My mouth tastes, tastes like. like apricot. Go eat a spoonful of fucking apricot jam. Uh, gross. Is that with or figs? I'm Actually, you shouldn't because that's sugary. Go to any, go to the farmers market. Walk around the farmers market. Grab an apricot and eat it. They're those little orange. They look like plums, but they're apricots. Oh yeah, again, never had one. I don't know what you're talking about. This beer tastes like a candied apricot and nothing more. And it's strange because I've had this hop combination before, and it, it doesn't taste like the other beer I you know had. What it the smells same hop like combination. To me? What? Mangoes. How appropriate. It do, I mean, so you've had a mango now, though, so you know what a mango tastes like. Yeah. But you hadn't before. Uh, I didn't have mango, uh, like, actually ate a mango that was, like, fresh until I was in college. I thought uh, it was when we tried it the other day. No, I mean, I've had, I've <laughs> ate mangoes, but oh, okay. uh, it wasn't, an, I didn't have my first mango, like, actually just eating a mango until college my mom was obsessed with them growing up and wow. i used to always think it was really fucking weird because my mom would like cut them and cut them the way you're supposed to but then she would take the skin yeah and, like suck on the side that was on the inside yeah and, like suck on the skin yeah and all the fibers that get left behind and shit i remember she would just like <laughs> like it was just gross to me watching her eat them so okay. i was always just like yeah i don't want that it looks weird i was a texture like pris when I was growing up. So if like things look like they were a weird texture, they look gooey or like someone chewed them for me or they looked like fibrous, like I didn't touch it. They're not, uh, a good mango is not fibrous at all. It will pretty much just melt in your mouth. No, no, I know. So an, un- know this, an underripe is what probably you're talking about. Not even, I just to the untrained eye and because I was such a fucking priss about it, it was like, if it looked weird, I wasn't even going to touch it. To this day, I've never had pudding. <laughs> it's fucking weird. 
right? Horrible. I've never had pudding. Chocolate pudding is maybe one of my favorite things on the planet. I used to eat Nilla wafers, and I always used to look at the back of the box, and they would be dipping the, the Nilla yeah. wafers in banana yep. pudding, and yep. I was like, I have no idea what that is, because yep. banana pudding looks like an old person chewed this for me and then made me want to eat it. Like, Yeah, I don't like banana pudding, but uh, there are many different types of pudding. <laughs> so the, yeah, I encourage you to, to make one. To I'll make also some pudding. say this smells like mangoes, but tastes nothing like mangoes. Tastes very citrusy, lemongrass. Yeah, like. I... Uh, actually like this beer a lot i just i was being set up for something completely different i was under the impression this guy barrel aged everything and this doesn't taste like it's been in a barrel for one day at all so i, I don't know yeah this is great it's i will give it the highest compliment of all it reminds me of a long island city beer and i think that no one does better pale ales and ipas than them yeah and they brew it with almost the same exact hop profile and triple hopping it same thing lic they double double dry hop pretty much every beer they have Carbonation is for shit, though. Yeah, Spirit it's really is shit. Undercarbonated. Yeah, yeah. There's no head retention. Yeah, at all. I would again. So maybe I should do a little more research and get back to. It's cloudy though. It's definitely pulling the New England thing out, but you know. It's good. The beer is great. I just I thought this was. I thought he aged all his beers. It's literally called Horace Aged Ales. Is the name of the brewery. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Word. Word. All right. Well, I, I have a new segment for this podcast, and I want to start ending Fantastic. all the podcasts this way. Fantastic. So, um, Did you know? I've learned something today. Is the name of the segment. <laughs> um, I want to end the segment with me kind of recapping something that I didn't know. Uh, awesome. It helps. It'll help me remember. Great. Especially because, you know, I edit our podcast. So I'll have to listen to it. You know, it's just repetition for times. me, but in a different yep. way. Yeah, great. Um, great. So. I learned what a Marcin is, and a Marcin is what we call an Oktoberfest. It is a maltier lager uh, that longer, uses yeah. decoction uh, to get that malt characteristic. Um, I also learned that Horace can throw you some massive curveballs, and they can do stuff outside what they are known to do, like making a delicious New England-style IPA. Um, I don't even know that they would classify this New England IPA. That's just what it it looks like to me, but it's but, an unfiltered IPA. Yeah. Which by definition, as you made a point last episode is a new England IPA. The only thing that would classify a new England IPA is it being unfiltered is what you said last episode. Yeah, I mean, stylistically so. it's a new style. So actually this segues into what I want to just briefly talk about. GABF just happened. The great American beer festival in Colorado. Yeah. And the highest number of entries into a certain style out of the entire competition was hazier unfiltered IPAs. Yeah, so BJCP, I also I've having updated my iOS, I've been all my apps have been updating. All right. Um and BJCP when you open it now gives you the option of using the 2008 uh classifications or we're up to 2015. So what's inter interesting to me is that me as a therapist. You know what the difference is? No. They added cider as a category. Yeah, I did see cider. So I looked up New it England. It wasn't in there originally in the 2008 version. That's crazy. There's I, a whole now subset of ciders. I uh, I looked up New England to see what popped up. And the only thing that popped up is New England cider. Yeah, exactly. Which is funny. Um, but what's interesting. So again, it's not an actual style. But, but uh, what I was going to say to you is that uh, for therapists, you know, for, for psychologists, uh, we use the DSM to do classifications and assessments. Sure. And uh, the DSM probably takes about a decade, if not more, to like update. Yeah. So the f like DSM five just came out a couple right. of years ago, like three years ago. It's not going to come. Six is not going to come out for like again another ten years. Um, right. 
my question to you is having been a Cicerone for as long as you have, like, right. is there like a set amount of like 2008 to 2015 seems pretty arbitrary. I guess when they just decide that there's a big enough change in styles, they'll just go back and. Yeah. It's, uh, it's admittedly when, um, the beer judges basically say we've been seeing enough versions of this that exist where we have to, put it in as a style and we have to now create parameters for what these things mean. So new England IPA has to be right on the hit, the tails of that. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe in the next update of BJCP, it'll be a subset of an IPA, but what do you think about that beer that we were talking about? Uh, the one that you're putting the enzyme in it to dry it out. Brute, Brute, Brute IPAs. IPAs. Yeah. I had one the it's, other day. It's fucking cool. It's really yeah, so dry. You had the fair state. Yeah. Yeah. The brute squad. What'd you think? It was really interesting. What was funny is that I tasted it and I immediately went, whoa, this is cool. And it's dry and it can lend itself to so many things. Like my mind started racing. Like, how could I do this? Like, what would I do? And, um, speaking of wet hopped, which I also learned, but you know, I've learned something today. <laughs> uh, wet hopped is, you know, Within the 24 hours, that's the yeah. criteria that I really need to uh, hone into. If you did something like a wet hopped brewed IPA or a um, a double dry hopped brewed IPA, I think the style lends itself to the aromatics because of how dry it is. I don't think that fair state was as aromatic as it should have been. But that's funny because I'm saying that as, as if I know what this style is supposed to be and no one knows yet. Sure, so I could, sure, sure. I could be saying that as my interpretation and like maybe brewed IPAs are never... Well, it's not really a style right now. There are a handful of breweries actually commercially producing them and it's just something that brewers are excited about. And it is, we talked about this before, a direct uh, retaliation backlash to the whole hazy IPA, haze bros, haze boys scene. Yeah. People don't, are getting sick of it. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> uh, Fair State also does another brute IPA with kiwi. I don't know how you'd feel about that. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I'm really interested when people, like, again, I, I never thought I would start putting fruit and shit into beer. Yeah. Um, watermelon was the first one. Cucumber we did after that. And now we're on mango. And honestly, what I love about it is that it really makes you as a home brewer start thinking about the hops that you're using to obviously play with the fruit well enough. But at the same time, it really makes you think about uh, the freshness of your beer because it drops say, so fast. I was just so. going to say that. That's actually an advantage that home brewers have. They can make awesome fruited beers because commercial brewers can't, A, I mean, the cost is absorbent, and then B, that falls off within a week or two. So they can't guarantee that they're going to be able to get that beer out that fresh. Right. So that's why they end up using purees and oils and all these Extracts. different things. But then what ends up happening, what was really funny is um, Gamehenge Brewing Company, remember we had our first tasting not so long ago. We had a bunch of people over and we had them try stuff. And the comment on the watermelon wheat beer that we served at that event was that, it was interesting. I thought people were going to be like, oh, man, this watermelon's popping right off, blah, blah, blah. But the comments that I got was that I've had watermelon beers before. Yeah. This is the first one I've ever had that doesn't taste artificial. Yeah, because you use actual watermelon Six different watermelon people told juice. me that. Yeah. And you actually use what? See, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. There would be no way to really replicate that on a commercial level because, A, you just use, need so much watermelon juice, and, B, that would fall off so quickly. Yeah. It wouldn't even... The co you know cost that way benefits it wouldn't equate to I mean, something hopefully, productive. You know, if oh, if the world turns the way it should and the stars align and then with the planets, like 
my goal one day is to have a small batch brewery that gets to take advantage of that, you know, pair it with food and you do our little tapas thing. Um, and I think that's, I mean, you and I have had philosophical conversations about where we would love to see the beer industry go, but that's really what it is. Like travel to the beer, get it as fresh as possible. Let people start doing weird shit because you know, this might spawn something different. Like, um, what's that symbol we were talking? I think it was like two episodes ago we were talking about. It's the upside down beer can or beer bottle. It means that the beer is like truly craft or something. Yeah. So like independently owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Not yeah. mass produced or owned by or InBev owned. or a giant corporation and conglomerate. Yeah. Right. Yes. So I think that can also be a subdivision, like small batched. Like, I know the breweries do it all the time. They small batch stuff. They put numbers on it. They do hop series. They do all this shit. But I, I think a, a niche that needs to be filled in the market is, like, truly, like, craft, like, artificial, like, small shit. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, I think I learned a lot today. Great. Is I it, had a pleasurable, I, casual experience. I was going to say, this was <laughs> not charged. No one got angry. Yeah, it's great. It was cool. I think I'm I'm showing progress too. So I yeah. hope I hope I, I didn't discourage you too much last episode. So. No, no worries. Um, um both of these beers are in the market now or in the New York Northeast market and we'll post them on uh on the uh iTunes. <laughs> Is that right? We'll post them with this episode. Yeah. There's also a really funny uh, video link that I want you to include. Uh, the Urban Chestnut. We call we in the industry call this beer Ocats, and it's a nice um, sort of pared down nickname for this beer. But in German, it actually is a much larger word, and it means uh, squirrel's tail. Oh. But there's a really funny YouTube video of people at the brewery uh, trying to pronounce this beer. So we, we'll put the link to that, too. It's pretty funny to watch. Sweet. Cool. So thanks for joining us on this episode of Got a Brew. I'm the Lizza. And I'm the kid. I am taking us out on your favorite part of Alfreda. Let's keep it in the family. Great. Um, it is a cover. It is Mike Gordon singing You Sexy Thing. Sounds great. <laughs> so I wake up singing the song in the morning <laughs> with Mike's voice in my head. Oh, my God. All right. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Uh...